Welcome to Mamas on a Mission. If you're a Melbourne mum, you've landed in the right place. Hey, I'm Holly, the host of this podcast, Chief Mummer of Motherhood Melbourne and co-founder of Facing Motherhood. Each week you'll hear from inspiring local mummers that are on a mission to help you get through the toughest hood of all, motherhood. Season three is kindly supported by my podcast partner, Bliss Early Learning, an Australian-owned premium provider in the childcare and preschool space. Okay, let's kick things off. Can all the tired mums please raise your hand? Looking after little people is exhausting, not to mention time-consuming. You're probably researching healthy kids' meals on Pinterest and filling bento boxes with nutritional goodies. But there you are, shoveling kids' crusts in your mouth and guzzling coffee to stay on top of things. Now, from years of being subjected to fads and diets, it's no wonder we have pretty messed up views of food and the role it plays. But now as a mum, this is a time when we need to understand how food can help us get through the long days. Because as we know, our health is vital. That's why it's super important that I picked a guest who could speak on this topic in a way that's relatable to us as mums. Basically, someone who understands that we have our plates full. Melissa Finlay is a qualified holistic nutritionist, a personal trainer, Pilates instructor, and Melbourne mum of two. Mel is on a mission to help mums feel amazing about themselves by giving you the tools you need to increase your energy and take back control of your health and well-being. In this episode, you'll hear all about hormonal and health concerns that are common to women, such as hormone imbalance, PMS, endometriosis, and IVF. Mal explains how food and nutrition plays a role in the way these are experienced. She shares tips around meal planning and creating positive habits. And then Mal kindly shares some simple snacks that'll give you the best hit of energy. Spoiler alert, it's not a Tim Tam. If you're tuning into this episode, I'd love to know. Share it on your Insta stories with a screenshot. Tag Motherhood Melbourne and Mal Finlay underscore nutritionist. Let us know what tips you picked up. Okay, now Mal starts with telling us about what led her to become a nutritionist. Let's meet Melissa. About 10 years ago, well, I started dating my now husband. And back then I was pretty unhealthy. I led a pretty unhealthy lifestyle. I was a smoker. I smoked like a pack a day. It was awful. And just had a pretty terrible diet, that kind of thing. Went out a lot, you know. When we started dating, my husband actually sort of said to me, you need to stop smoking or I can't be with you. He wasn't a smoker and he just really hated that I was. So I had a decision to make and I decided to quit, which was really hard at the time, but so happy that I did, obviously. But that sort of led me to realizing that I could feel a lot better than I had been feeling in my body, which led me to make some changes to my diet, that kind of thing. So eating more at home, adding more fruits and vegetables, that kind of thing. And one of the surprising side effects besides like losing a bit of weight and having more energy was that my period stopped being so painful and so awful every month, which I, no one had told me that there was a link between the two, between diet and hormone balance. So it got me to thinking, and I knew that other people just didn't know about this. So I, yeah, it sort of inspired me to get more into that, have a look at that. And that sort of led me on the path that I'm on. I actually became a PT first. So I did that qualification while I was working full-time in corporate and did that for a little while. Um, but I wanted to know more about the nutrition side of things. So that's how I started training to become a nutritionist still while I was working full-time in corporate. So it took me quite a long time to do. And I actually finished just after my first baby was born. So it took me, yeah, it took me a little while. And yeah, so then I started to sort of delve into that 
to that area professionally. Uh, still as like sort of like a side hustle. So whilst I was still working in um, corporate, so I went back after maternity leave. But I decided to start my own business. It sort of just happened because people started asking me to help them. So I hadn't really decided what I was going to do with my qualification. But then a couple of mums in my mother's group asked me for help. So that's just sort of how it started and it spiralled from there. And I really love it because it gives me that flexibility for my family so I can work around the needs of my family yeah, and help mums with their, yeah, with their food and their lifestyles. Oh, lovely. And so you've decided to focus specifically on nutrition with mums and I can see where that sort of come from. So how are you trying to help them? Yeah, so it definitely came because when I became a mum myself, I realised, you know, what a huge job that is. And you can really, it can leave you feeling so depleted and just so struggling for energy. Yeah. So I decided to start helping mums because there was a lot of mums coming to me for asking for help anyway, definitely just through their food and their nutritional needs and also a few lifestyle changes. So but the story that I hear so commonly with mums, what is um, that they, yeah, they're putting themselves last in terms of what they're eating and their nutrition, their lifestyle habits. A really common story is that they're, you know, eating the leftovers on the plates of their kids and that kind of thing. And just over time, they start feeling really depleted of energy and just not feeling the best that they can be. So I'm just giving them a lot of help around preparation. Um, for their food and their nutrition and specific foods that they should be including into their diets and what to avoid, that kind of thing. And then also around lifestyle, so changes that they can make to sort of manage their stress, yeah, bring some more movement and exercise into their into their lifestyle, get them feeling a bit better and to sort of balance hormones, that kind of thing. I have to admit that I love stalking your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> your blog and I signed up to get your um your happy hormones snack um guide which I love and so this is the part that I'm really excited to chat with you about okay so I want to chat about some hormonal and health concerns that are really common to women because this is your area of specialty can you explain what they are and how food and nutrition plays a role in the way these are experienced so let's start off with first hormone imbalance so what is it and how does nutrition play a so hormone imbalance it's super super common with uh, amongst mums uh, women as well obviously um, but mums because after pregnancy and childbirth um, and then if you're breastfeeding that comes into it as well we can get really really depleted in our nutrient levels and that can lead to different issues and one of them is dips in their progesterone and so estrogen dominance happens and that can lead to all of those sort of PMS symptoms that you might feel like around period time. So cramps, bloating, and then, you know, those mood swings, feeling a bit teary or anxious just before your period comes. Um, they're really, really common signs that there's something going on hormonally. So the way that I help women and or mums through that issue is to sort of use nutrition specific nutrients to rebalance their hormones so things like b vitamins are very important to hormonal production omega-3 fatty acids is another big one and vitamin d they're all really big for balancing that um, estrogen progesterone balance and producing the hormones to have healthy hormone production so there are some big things that i work on um, and then also just targeted nutrients. So I'll always get my mums to go and get some testing done at their GP office 
So things like a thyroid panel is really important just to make sure that that's all going okay. And then also their zinc, their B12 and vitamin D are really, really big ones. A lot of the time they're depleted. So we work on getting them back up to good healthy levels so that the ladies can feel a lot more energetic and just able to get through their day a bit better. So you recommend they go to their GP to get those done? Yeah, definitely. So it's all free through Medicare. Um, It's just a matter of going to your GP and and advocating for yourself and asking to have those tests done. Um, And as mums postnatally, that's something that your GP should really be doing with you anyway, because it is Mm -hmm. such a common um, occurrence for those things to be a little bit depleted or a little bit unbalanced after pregnancy and childbirth, um, especially with breastfeeding as well. So yeah, that they tend to do those tests at that six week mark, which is, which is great, but it's also important to get these things retested along the way um, because they do, yeah, they can become depleted over time as well. And so what about with, so you were talking about PMS. Do you want to go into that a bit more? So PMS, um, it's so, so common. I think you've had some experience with this, Holly. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So PMS, it, it's very commonly linked with estrogen dominance, which is sort of very easy to slip into as women. And estrogen gives us, if it's out of balance, it gives us those symptoms I spoke about earlier. So things like bloating, cramps, hormonal headaches are a really big thing, acne, tender breasts, all that kind of thing in the lead up to your period time. Also really heavy periods is another big indicator of estrogen dominance. So yeah, I work with women to get that balance back because as soon as you do you will find that those things um, tend to go away big drivers of estrogen dominance are things like too much sugar in the diet too much processed foods stress so when cortisol increases it actually drives up estrogen as well so getting stress levels under control which can be really hard as a (laughs) mum it's not just sort of the stress that comes with like you know a deadline at your job or something like that. It's just that day-to-day stress and frustration that you can have when you're a mum. So just trying to get some time to yourself, some self-care time to go and do some yoga or just go for a walk. Or My favourite thing is actually, besides going to yoga, is going to the movies by myself. I absolutely love it. It fills my cup and I just feel so much better for it. And I think my stress levels, yeah, they're just under control because I do those, I have those things in place. I love that. And for those who don't know what Mel and I were referring to at the start, um, <laughs> I've just recently quit coffee, but obviously I was, I was having mockers. So they were chocolatey, there was lots of sugar, lots of milk, you know, and if anyone's ever seen my coffee cup, it is not the size of a regular coffee cup. It's <laughs> massive. It's huge. Like people bag me all the time. So I recently quit coffee and it was the first time I'd ever not experienced PMS. So I had, you know, and throughout my whole life, like I've had, oh, you know, just horrible period pain. I would, you know, have to take a day off school, a day off work, whatever it was. And I'd just be in so much pain and yeah, just very heavy as well. So I was like, what is going on? And I was like, is this related (laughs) to coffee? Like, I don't know. Or, you know, the sugar, the milk. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've added smoothies into my day. And so I guess, you know, like I'm getting some extra nutrients that I hadn't had before, but I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So quickly for you too. I know it was like only two weeks and it, it, 
had changed. So I'm hoping next month is the same. Oh, I'm um, sure it will be even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But I'm like, you know, after that, I was just like, my eyes are really open to this. I had no idea. Yeah. And you know what? If I'd known, like if I'd come across someone like you who was saying all this stuff, gosh, that would have been a game changer for me, you know, even 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, this sort of information wasn't around Um, people just didn't know and GPs aren't really giving this information either that there is a link between diet and hormone balance it's yeah it's a game changer as you said yeah absolutely okay so one of the other ones we'll move on to is polycystic ovary syndrome is that how I pronounce it polycystic ovarian syndrome oh ovarian syndrome okay ovarian syndrome yeah so or PCOS is the other name for it it. yeah so this one I do see a bit of it in clinic with um, mums and it Again, it arises from um, hormone imbalances and often insulin resistance is a big player with PCOS as well. So um, insulin resistance is when the glucose can't be absorbed into cells properly and it can lead to weight gain um, and testosterone imbalance. So that in itself is an issue for women and can lead to polycystic ovaries. So that's little cysts on the ovaries. So again, it's using foods, lifestyle, certain nutrients as well um, in a therapeutic dose to get that back under control so we can alleviate those symptoms but also get to the root of the problem. So a lot of what I do is not just about slapping a Band-Aid on the issue. It's trying to get to why why did this happen in the first place and let's try and make some changes to fix that that issue so that the, the symptoms go away but the problem is under control as well and may go into remission in some in some instances not always but we can always work to get it to a level where the person can um, live symptom free and go on to have yeah normal fertility that kind of thing oh, did you want to explain sort of what it was though it's it's when there's cysts on the ovaries it sometimes it presents without cysts on the ovaries okay but those cysts uh, they come there because of that hormone imbalance that I was talking about and insulin mm-hmm. resistance has a lot to do with it as well. So ladies with PCOS that can find that they're gaining weight, they you can get some hairy patches on your chin and chest as well. That's the androgens from the testosterone doing that to you. Um, but it can also lead to infertility. So yeah, trouble getting pregnant. And so we have to try and realign those, those hormones to get that under control to, yeah, to to solve the issue. Thank you. And so what about uh, endometriosis? Endometriosis. Yeah, so that's <laughs> another, it's another common one that I've, I've seen in clinic with mums. And that one, it's driven by estrogen dominance and it can lead to tissue growing on the outside of the uterus. So we have our uterine late layer um, in our uterus and that's what um, builds every month for us to bleed and have a period. So when you have endometriosis, that um, tissue, it starts to grow in other places other than inside your uterus. So it can go onto your fallopian tubes and your ovaries and even into your, um, I think it's been found in, you know, stomach and other, on other organs as well. And so every cycle you go through, the tissue actually builds layers of um, lining that needs to get shed. So it's happening on the inside of your uterus and then the outside. And that blood there can get trapped and cause a lot of issues like really terrible period pain, um, terrible bloating and just really, really heavy periods. Um, And often uh, women with this condition, they have to go and get surgery to have that tissue removed. Um, So my job with that is to try and 
again, realign those hormones just to prevent that tissue reforming and causing that issue for that woman again. It can lead to infertility again, like with PCOS, but that one, it's just so hard to live with because of the pain that you experience during periods. So if you know anyone that's got endometriosis, when they say that they're, you know, they can't actually even do life at that time of the month, they're 100% telling the truth. It's so, it's just a horrible condition. So yeah, my job is to get that back under control so that they can actually have quality of life and not have to hibernate every month. And so what about those who are undergoing IVF treatment? Um, I have worked with some, some ladies undergoing IVF treatment and it's really about preparing the body to get successful implantation. So some women, they'll have um, certain issues like PCOS or endometriosis that, that they're going through. So we'll work towards helping with that as well. But then getting nutrient levels to a point where yeah, things are hopefully going to go really well for them at that implantation stage. Also, just getting things like stress under control because it's a stressful period in a woman's life anyway. Um, and then put outside pressures on to that. And it's just a, yeah, it's just not a good, a good situation. So getting the stress under control and just promoting yeah, healthy hormone production so that when they do go through their round of IVF, that hopefully we get implantation, we get a happy outcome. Um, some some ladies will come to me and they've got what's called unexplained infertility. So that's just when, yeah, there's not anything in particular wrong that anyone can identify. So it's, yeah, it's unexplained and it's, you know, not being able to fall pregnant for a, a long period of time. So often it's 12 months that um, they'll come to me and they'll want some help before they start their round of IVF. So again, it's about, with that, it's just about um, using food and nutrition and lifestyle to to promote a healthy hormone production so that yeah when it comes time that they will hopefully get pregnant yeah and what about weight what's your philosophy on that it's a tricky one for me because i i promote healthy weight i don't promote sort of trying to lose weight to fit a certain ideal or a certain size my theory is that if you're a size 14 and you're healthy and happy and you're eating well and you're exercising and your mind's um, happy, then that's the size that you need to be. And trying to lose weight or calorie count or do anything else to try and fit into a different size, I think that you're going to be causing you some issues down the track. So if you're, but if you're a size 10, you always have been, but then some lifestyle issues come into play or you're not taking care of yourself or as a mum, you're doing those things we spoke about, like eating the kids' leftover um, toast <laughs> crust and that kind of thing. And that weight creeps on and you're not feeling good and you're feeling um, you know, like you want to fall in a heap at 3pm, then yes, there is some work to be done. And hopefully the side effect of that, that work to be done is that you will drop those extra kilos um, and go back to the size that your body is happiest at. Um, yeah, so I don't promote losing weight to fit a certain ideal. Um, yeah. It's just not what I'm about. Yeah. That's what I actually really love about all the work that you put out. You can tell like there's no, yeah, like oh, trying to lose weight for this or calories. Mm. This. Like your everything you recommend is about energy and the way you feel. And yeah, I think yeah. when you're a mum, yeah. like that is so important. Yeah, that's right. And, it, and it, it's important to feel good in your body and feel good about yourself. But if you're treating yourself with respect and you're giving your body the fuel that it needs and the nutrients that it needs, then that is going to be what happens anyway, you'll, you'll feel good about yourself. When I um, started posting after Evie was born my second, I actually said, I'm not going to be telling you, you know, that I'm 
doing X, Y, Z to lose the baby kilos because if I treat myself well, if I do, do some movement, if I get my stress under control, that's going to happen naturally anyway. I'm not going to have to, you know, do anything extra to get back to the weight that my body wants to be. And it may not be the weight that I was before. And I think sometimes we just have to accept that as mums, that our bodies change and they are changed for good once we have a baby. We may not go back to being you know, that size 10 without the pouch, you know, it's sometimes it's unrealistic and we have to sort of make peace with that. Yeah. Lovely. Do you want to explain, cause you're talking about a little bit about the relationship between stress and hormones. Stress is a big, big player of hormone imbalance because stress drives cortisol and that's a hormone that depletes our adrenals and it drives up estrogen. And as I said before, estrogen dominance um, is a big player in hormone imbalance for women and can lead to those PMS symptoms that I spoke about before, like cramping, bloating. So if our stress is not under control, it can lead to not only those symptoms, but it can lead to other issues, um, yeah, like infertility or trouble falling asleep, which in itself is is not a great thing for our hormones and it's sort of a vicious, vicious cycle. So every, every woman that walks through my door, I have a conversation with them about their stress levels and whether they know it or not, um, there's always work to be done. So that could be putting in a, a daily mindfulness practice or meditation or, you know, starting an exercise regime, whether it's like, I know you go for runs and that's your thing. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to get back into running, but yoga's, yoga and Pilates are my thing because it's time out of the house away from everyone, time to myself, number one, and I'm getting some movement into my body, getting some endorphins um, and, yeah, just lowering that, that cortisol mindfulness is a a big big one that I recommend Um, just five minutes a day is all it takes to have um, see the movement of that cortisol going back down again and reaching healthy levels have you ever met anyone that just dislikes exercise full stop absolutely yeah you don't have to have you know like a a routine every week but you do everyone needs a bit of movement so whether that's you know, walking the dog or going to the park with the kids, there's always something that you can do that you will enjoy. It doesn't have to be that you go and do something like a Pilates class if that's not your thing. But, um, you know, we all could do with a bit more movement in our life. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, because I always have people say, oh, I wish I could go for a run, but I just, you know, not. I'm like, well, don't go for a run if you don't like it. Like find something else. Like I can't do yoga. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You need to find something that you enjoy, otherwise you're not going to maintain it. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, like it's more about just getting, like you said, getting out of the house, being by mm. myself. Yeah, because the world. Yeah, of because that's that's hard to come by when you're a mum. Yeah. Would you like the chance to win free childcare for a year? Thanks to my generous podcast partner, Bliss Early Learning. You can. Bliss Early Learning is an Australian-owned premium provider in the childcare and preschool space. They currently have four locations in Melbourne. Cranbourne, Sandringham, Williams Landing and Wyndham Vale. Bliss Early Learning are known for providing more for free and they're taking this up a notch by providing one family the chance to win free childcare for a year in one of their Melbourne locations. This comp is worth up to $39,000. Last year, they gave one family in Cranbourne one year's worth of free care and in 2020, that could be you. To be in with a chance, visit bliss.edu.au forward slash win. 
and enter your details. To get three additional entries into the comp, book in a tour at one of the Bliss Early Learning Centres. Visit bliss.edu.au or call 1300-717-777. Entries close 31st January 2020. So head over now to bliss.edu.au forward slash win for your chance to win free childcare for a year. I've popped a link in the show notes so you can enter now. Good luck, Mama. New South Wales permit number LTPS forward slash 19 forward slash 39442. For full terms and conditions, visit bliss.edu.au. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to say around hormones and health about mums? Um, I think that's pretty much covered it. But another another thing that I commonly see with, yeah. with mums that come through my door is just plain old tired, run down mum, which is so, so common. And we've all been there. Um, and when we're tired and run down, we tend to not make the best decisions for ourselves and we put ourselves last. Um, so my job with that is just to remind mums, you know, that we're important. The mum job is just the hardest gig, I think, in, in the world. Yeah. And whether you're a stay-at-home mum or a working mum, they're both just super, super hard. And we often just burn ourselves out um, and we have to be better at putting ourselves first. So my job with that is just to really remind mums that they're important too and just to get them back to a good routine with their food and preparation um, and, yeah, like all those things we spoke about before, like self-care um, yeah. and, yeah, eating for health instead of just, yeah, putting whatever into our mouth and not really thinking about it too much. Which leads nicely, I guess, into my next question because the difference between fueling our bodies with nutritional food and foods that add no nutritional value, we all know what they are, <laughs> can come down to time. As we're always looking for ways to be more organised, can you share some ways that we can plan better? So what are some good habits that we can create? Meal plan, meal plan, meal plan. Yeah. All about the meal plan. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to be prepared. So that means, you know, sitting down for an hour on the weekend with hubby or whoever, the kids can be involved as well, and just planning out the meals for the week. So um, in my house, we plan the dinners up until Saturday, we leave free for just, you know, whatever's happening, but we plan every other meal. And then I plan um, for leftovers for hubby's lunch at work, and then um, my son Percy's lunch. And then I plan for whatever I want to eat at home for the week as well for lunch. And that way, when you get into the middle of the week and everyone's tired and everyone's busy, you don't have to actually think about what's going on for dinner. And you've got the ingredients there. So you've gone off to the shops on the weekend or whatever day suits your family lifestyle um, to get all of the ingredients. And it saves you time because you're not going to the shops every other day, picking up various things. You might have to once or twice, you know, occasionally, but generally speaking, everything's there. Um, yeah, the thoughts taken out of it for the week, the stress is taken out of it, and you know that you're going to serve up something that's healthy and nutritious for the whole family. So that's my number one tip. And it, yeah, it surprised me actually how many people don't do this because it's yeah. just so easy. Once you get into the groove of it, it's so easy to get into the habit uh, because it just makes life so much easier. So I know people that go to the shops every day to buy stuff yeah, for dinner. That's I find crazy that, to me. That Where would be they so get the time to do that? I don't know. And the other thing is I don't want to be carting two kids off to the shops every day either. That's a nightmare in itself. Exactly. So I actually send hubby off to the shops uh, on the Same. weekend to do the shop. Same, uh, yes. I, yeah, I hate doing it. And he's so much better at it because he knows where everything is because he does it every week. So he just goes, he takes um, my son with him. 
So, I, you know, I've got some time to myself as well, which is really good. <laughs> you and I are doing the same thing. I, yeah, <laughs> he, he takes the kids and I'm like, yes, I've got the house to myself. Yeah, um, it's yeah, awesome. It's and also he, yourself. he doesn't overspend. Whereas if I go, I'm like, oh, I think we need this. Yes, I, I do that, that too. <laughs> like, oh, I haven't tried that flavour of kombucha. I'll get yes. that one. <laughs> Whereas he's like, it wasn't on the list, so I didn't buy it. That's his rule. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Good Sorry. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, so right. some other um, good habits to create. So meal planning. Um, yeah. And so meal planning and coming with that is just building a repertoire of recipes that you enjoy and your family enjoys that are healthy and nutritious. Just so that that meal planning, you can go to your little folder of uh, recipes that you've printed out or you've ripped out of magazines or whatever it is. Um, and you can just pull them out and put that meal plan together and have that on the fridge. I often, you know, Tuesday afternoon I'll think oh what's on the menu for tonight I've forgotten you know so I just all I have to do is look at the fridge and go oh it's um you know it's lamb meatballs with salad and so then I because I'm at home I can start prepping that early and have that you know on on its way so it's just taking the stress out of it and just taking the thought out of it because that's I feel like it's the last thing that you want to be thinking about when it comes to 5 p.m and you're trying to get you know bedtime routine happening and all that kind of thing Mm. um so yeah they're they're probably like my big tips and it seems obvious to some people but it's not obvious to everyone and I think once you start getting into that habit things just fall into place a lot easier absolutely are you doing do you do like a big cook up or anything your husband and you I do sometimes um I think because I'm at home it's easier for me to cook on the go but if you know, if you're out at the office, um, part-time, full-time, whatever it is, it's definitely, I definitely recommend batch cooking. So that might be on a Sunday, either you or hubby or whoever it is, but get the kids involved, get into the kitchen for a couple of hours, put some music on and get, yeah, get prepping. So that might be just looking at what's ahead for the week and prepping parts of that to put in the freezer so you can just pull them out and thaw them and throw them into a salad or whatever it is, or even just cooking the whole thing and putting that into your freezer or your fridge um, to have later in the week. So you can just pull it out and stick it in the oven or the microwave and away you go and just add a salad or whatever it is. And you're just saving yourself time along the way um, and just setting yourself up. So, you know, you could go and order Uber Eats because, you know, you've got nothing prepared, but if you've prepared, then you're actually saving yourself even more time by just having to pull it out of the fridge and, and pop it in the oven and heat it up. And then you're getting something that's way more nutritious um, and delicious, hopefully. Yeah. Lovely. I love those tips. Okay. So what are you finding then uh, mums are commonly snacking on to get that hit of energy that's really not adding nutritional value? So when they're coming to you and they're saying, this is what I eat, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. And can you share some simple, healthy snack ideas that can help us keep up with the kids and stay full for longer? The common ones are, you know, I reach for the Bickies or <laughs> the Tim Tams or at the back of the cupboard or I finish the kids' snacks, which, you know, might not be the best option either. Yeah, so that's obviously not ideal and you want to be prepping for snacks for the week as well. So thinking about what you want to be eating at that time that you're meal prepping and obviously doing the shop prepping for those as well. Um, so what I recommend, some easy things to do is make up some bliss balls um, at the beginning of the week or on your Sunday and pop them into the freezer. They thaw super quick. You can just have them cold um, and that's giving you a good hit of um, protein and fat, depending on what's in them, but protein and fat and maybe even like a little chocolate hit as well, which we all crave from time to time if they've got cacao in them. 
Um, another good one is just chopping up a bunch of veggies and having that with some hummus or some plain yogurt, that kind of thing, because you're getting some fiber, good fiber. Um, and again, a bit of a protein hit as well. So with your snacks, you want to make sure that you are, yeah, you're making them, I call them productive snacks. So it's not going to bog down your digestion, make you feel more tired than maybe what you already are. And it's actually going to do its job, which is fill you up and give you that energy that you need to carry you into the next meal. Yeah. So protein and fat is where it's at. So I'm not saying carbs um, don't have a role, they do, but they need to be nicely balanced with protein and fat so that you get a slow burn of energy rather than a big energy hit and then you crash 10 minutes later and then you're looking for the next you know hit of energy to get you through yeah so when you say protein and fat can you give examples of those two just so it's yeah. easy for people to know yeah so in a in a bliss ball that would be so the almond meal um or the oats they're very protein dense and then fat sources in a in a bliss ball you could do like a nut butter so almond butter or peanut butter um, hemp seeds are one of my favorite favorite things to add i add them to absolutely everything because they're <laughs> a really good source of plant-based protein and omega-3 fatty acids which are the the ones that are really great for hormones great for our brains and um, help provide energy so they're really really good um, other things are so tuna is a really good one if you're a tuna fan i always pop tuna from the can onto a rice cake so brown rice cake with some avocado so you're getting everything you've got a little bit of carb you've got a little bit of um, good fats from the avocado so omega-3s and from the tuna and then you've got the protein from the tuna as well and yeah. then sprinkles and hemp seeds on top you can tell that i just love talking about this <laughs> sprinkle some hemp seeds on the top and you've got yourself like the perfect snack that's you know delicious and it's going to fill you up but not bog down your digestion and just carry you through to the next meal yeah i'm gonna buy some hemp seeds now putting it on the list <laughs> yeah, the best thing is like these days these ingredients they're all available from coles and woolies now. i know you don't have to go to a health food store anymore which is and amazing. they're cheap they're cheap yeah like, you go yeah. the aisle and you're like you expect it's going to be like 30 dollars or something for a bag yeah like, no it's not. okay it's actually pretty pretty reasonable yeah um, yeah my hubby always says to me oh do i have to go down the hippie aisle again <laughs> yes you have to go down the hippie aisle and get me the hips hey that that aisle uh is getting bigger and bigger you it know is. So it's, it's good. It's not just it. a it's not just a little corner that you go no. to. What do these mean? Um and you said maca as well, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maca powder is um it's a root vegetable, surprisingly mm -hmm. enough, and they ground it down and I pop it into smoothies, but you can actually pop it into baking or yeah, into your bliss balls. And it's a really good um energy boosting ingredient. Energy boosting and it's apparently um been traditionally used for fertility. So oh. another great hormone balancing. Um, ingredient to be using yeah that's a hot tip and I did yeah I saw that on your thing last night and then I looked it up and did it say it's good for libido as well uh-huh <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it <laughs> that's okay we've, we've all we've all had children we know what happens <laughs> well hot tip get some macker into your get life some what happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did put it down on the list not for that reason but <laughs> oh yeah I'm gonna try it I'm gonna try it apparently does it have a um a nutty taste or something? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's on there. It's on there. It's only six dollars at Woolies. I saw that. Yes. <laughs> so good. All right. Cool. Did you have any other snack ideas that you wanted to share? So bliss balls, veggies, tuna. Yeah. Or anything with avocado is great. So even if it's um, some, you know, multigrain toast with avocado and hemp seeds, that is also just really good. You're getting some protein, some fat. So it's all about 
finding ways to get protein and fat into your into your diet. Awesome. And they can also download your um your freebie because you've got yes. good ideas on there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and very, very easy recipes to follow. Yeah, so I like easy. that. Yeah, that's good. Lovely. Okay. So now I'd like to take a shift and talk more specifically about your motherhood experience because you're a mum of two young kids. Yep. So what's been your personal experience of motherhood? What have you found uh have been the challenges and the surprises? Well the surprising things I think uh well first of all how sleep deprived you can actually get um, which is a lot more sleep deprived than what I thought I would get because um, yeah my first was he was a shocker in the beginning um, but I guess that also came with it just how resilient I could be um, because well I guess you've got no other choice but to push through when you're that tired and that you know run down because your babies aren't sleeping that was probably what surprised me I think before motherhood I know I was very um, selfish and you know if I needed to have a nap in the afternoon, I would go and, and do that. But that all ends with motherhood, doesn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, that sort of surprised me how how much I could actually um, take and be patient and just, yeah, push through that. So resilience, I think, for me, I was pretty surprised at how resilient I could be. Challenges. Um, in the beginning with both of my babies, I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding. Uh, Percy... My, that's my um, son, the three and a half year old. He, we, we pushed through and it got better. But from those issues, I think stemmed for me a lot of anxiety around my decisions as a mum. And just, you know, was I doing this right? What are people thinking about the decisions that I'm making? Um, you know, this isn't working out too well for me with the breastfeeding. Um, but I got through it with the help of hubby. He was amazing. Um, he actually helped me in the very beginning just to write down little affirmations like you know I know what's best for for my son because I'm his mum that kind of thing just got me through um just to get a bit more confidence about myself because I was really second guessing myself um but yeah pushed through that and down the other side the breastfeeding it got better um and we ended up yeah going till 14 months or so so that was good but with Evie um, the same kind of things different issues so there's a bit of an anatomical issue with um, latch and yet how it all works for me with Evie it started off pretty well but then went downhill pretty quickly and just ended with mastitis a few times and um, yeah really crack nipples all that kind of stuff and I got to about week three and I realized that my mental health was sliding like I was just going back to that anxiety fueled um emotion and I just wasn't I just knew that wasn't where I needed to go so I actually decided to stop breastfeeding Evie and go to bottles which was a hard decision to make um and I was very I definitely went through a mourning period because for me I, I just really wanted it was just really important to me to do that but in the end my mental health was more important and the fact that um, I didn't feel like I was being a very good mum to Percy at the time either because I was just not around for him. I was trying to breastfeed it the whole time and just really stressed out. So he didn't have the best of me either. So, yeah, that was that was a really hard time. But looking back on it now, it was the best thing I could have done because she's happy and healthy, I'm happy and healthy. Um, and, yeah, we have a beautiful bond, which I was worried about with, yeah, the stopping of the breastfeeding, but actually our bond is fine because there's other ways to bond, isn't there? There's the smiles and the kisses and cuddles and all of that. So 
Yeah. Um, and now these days the challenges are tantrums and <laughs> getting through those things, toilet training. Yeah. All those, all those typical things. Yeah. Oh, you're going through toilet training at the moment. We've done it. Oh, you've done uh, it. it. Took yeah. a few goes, took a few goes, but in the end it was actually quite easy. I think I just had to wait for him to be ready, which mm-hmm. is, yeah, I was kind of pushing it in the beginning. I thought that he would be trained by the time Evie came along and that just wasn't <laughs> the case at all. <laughs> That's what I'd hoped for too. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we got this. We've got 10 weeks to the baby house. <laughs> nah, didn't happen. <laughs> so, they do it when they're ready. They do. They do. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like we see, you know, everyone's walking around as adults, like going to the toilet as normal. It happens eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all that. The the sleep deprivation things are is really hard. And I guess for me, like when I quit coffee, I also was the time we, I guess, not sleep trained my son, but he's 22 yeah. months and we took his bottle away because I was sick of getting up every night for feeds. Mm. Because sometimes it was multiple feeds. I was like, I need sleep. So I feel like also sleep, like sleep has a big, you know, impact obviously on your stress levels oh, and absolutely. You know, your hormones yeah. and everything. So it's amazing how much sleep can impact how you absolutely. feel, how your body yeah. feels. And you know, after a, a how much better you feel after a good sleep. Like if your child happens to sleep through the night, how much, um, how much more resilient you are and able to handle (laughs) all the things that come at you the next day. Whereas if you're sleep deprived, I can remember times with Percy just, yeah, bawling my eyes out because I was so tired and he's crying because he's tired. And yeah, you're just not able to handle it as well as you'd like when you're sleep deprived. Um, we went to sleep school at 16 months, I think. We, yeah. yeah, I ended up there. I was about to go back to my corporate gig and I just thought I need to get this under control before I, how can I go back to a job um, and be sane at the same time <laughs> without any sleep? So, yeah, we sorted it out. Um, but, yeah, it was a long slog of, yeah, 16 months of no, no sleep throughs and just not only the wake-ups but, how long it would take to get him to go back to sleep as well I would just be pulling my hair out so yeah thankfully Evie's a lot better she's already doing some sleep throughs amazingly touch wood it keeps happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> so definitely less sleep deprived the second time which is so so good yeah fantastic and because it's hard to I guess when you that is the thing that affects when you're really tired and what you go to reach for for energy because you're just absolutely. like absolutely yeah like you said if you're meal planning if you're prepping everything like you know what you should grab and that's going to exactly. make you feel yeah. way better um to get through that sort of rough yeah. period yeah because when you're tired you actually crave carbs because your body wants that hit of energy so mm. yeah we tend to reach for the chips or the biscuits or you know, the white bread or whatever it is that is our yeah. like go-to comfort carby thing. Yes. Um, but so if we've meal prepped and we've prepped some snacks for ourselves for the week, then hopefully we're reaching for the right things that are actually going to do us better um, when we're sleep deprived. So that protein fat that I was talking about, that'll give us the, the hit of energy that yeah. we need to be able to get through until we can get back to bed ourselves and try and have a bit of a sleep. Absolutely. Okay. And now I want to finish with a random fun fact about you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I've been thinking about what do people need to know about Mel? I think it's, I think it has to be that I'm actually really good at doing the moonwalk. <laughs> I wow. taught myself to do the moonwalk as a, as a as a kid, and I've been practicing ever since. It's like the party trick that I pull out at at parties. And I wish that I had have been a teenager in the eighties rather than two 
energy in the 90s because I think the hair and the music just so, so good. <laughs> I wish I could have worn chill like Cindy Lauper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so when this episode gets released, you're going to do the moonwalk on your stories and I'm going to <laughs> <Okay>. tag you. <laughs> All right. Tag me in it so I can share. A bit of practice. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 because you can't just throw out a claim like that without backing it up. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, that is a fun fact. Oh, that's so I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so now we're going to wrap up everything, but before we do, I would love for you to share what services do you offer because you have something really exciting coming out for mums oh, yeah. and where can mm-hmm. people connect with you? First of all, I offer um one-on-one consults, so that's either um over Skype or in person. So with that, I offer weight loss and lifestyle consults. Like I spoke about, it's more about getting back to, you know, a healthy weight for our bodies and just, yeah, incorporating more um, beneficial lifestyle things into our life. Um, But then also the nutritional medicine side of things um, I offer. So that's more when you've got a specific issue that you're coming to me with, like endometriosis or polycystic ovaries, um, and you want some help with that. Um, So that's what I offer. I am working on a little e-course that I want to release. I'll be releasing it in January. Um, And that's for helping um, as many mums as I can to do all those things that we were speaking about, to increase energy so that we can get through our days, um, feeling good about ourselves and, and just being able to do the things that we want to do with our kids or, you know, if we're busy at work, that kind of thing. Um, so it's all about education around meal prepping, um, you know, ways to save time, um, and save the thought, um, during the week. So yeah, meal prepping is a big part of it. And then specifically what foods to include, what we should stay away from, um, and how we go about that. And there'll probably be a few, um, recipes and meal planning things in there as well. So yeah, so keep an eye out for that. January is when it's going to be opening up. Fantastic. That sounds good. And where can people find you? So I'm mainly hanging out on Instagram. Um, so my handle is melfinlay underscore nutritionist. So I've got, yeah, got my grid there and I'm on stories heaps. Facebook is Melissa Finlay nutritionist. So just search that. And then you can also contact me through my website. So it's melissafinlaynutritionist.com or if you just Google Melissa Finlay nutritionist, it will come up. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for people to DM me through Instagram, Facebook, whatever, if they want to ask me any questions. Well, we've come to the end of this episode. And if you love hearing from inspiring and entertaining Melbourne mamas, subscribe to Mamas on a Mission. Bonus hugs to all of you who also take the time to leave a review. Thank you. If you're keen as beans for more information about the podcast, my guests or myself, jump over to motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. Okay, mama, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in.